Okay, in that case, I, I got to go to the bar and drum up more subscribers because <laughs> apparently that's the only way we get them. <laughs> oh, not Ralph Williams. He put out a call. <laughs> 68 subscribers to our 61. Can we hire him as a consultant? Louise <laughs> Company. By the way, like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> it helps the algorithm. <laughs> All right. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. Be nice. That ain't working. I want you to be nice. That ain't working. And you'll both be nice. <laughs> so much as my uh, wife was a giant... But um, I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's the way you do it. <laughs> the Reese Company. Open a tepid Genesee and watch the pictures as they travel through your neighbor's Wi-Fi. It's the Rees Company. I'm Steve Rees, the bull of American broadcasting, alongside the great Chris Morganti. How are you, Chris? I'm good. Very excited? Sort of. We've reached another milestone. Have we? Yeah, I believe we have. Last time we announced a competition. Can you remind the folks what the competition was? Well, we had some DVDs laying around in our prize closet, so, and we were at 59 subscribers, so... We offered a free DVD to the 60th subscriber. And um, I happen to know who, we said that they would have to contact us in order to get their DVD. <laughs> yeah. but it turns out that I was with the person when they subscribed. So I know who it is. So lest people think we don't honor our promises, uh, she will get her DVD. Has so. she chosen her DVD? She was allowed to choose between, among, uh, The Matador. Yes. Um, the Notebook and G.I. Jane. Yes. Uh, she didn't seem too enthused about any of that, but um, I'm sure we'll get something to her that she, she'll like. Okay, well, that's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, so we did indeed reach the goal of 60 subscribers. In fact, we surpassed it. We are now at 61 subscribers. Yeah, uh, she also wanted a DVD, so <laughs> we were on the hook for two, I guess. All right. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know what's really depressing, Chris? What's that? Here's Ralph Williams earlier this week on his first The Way I See It of 2023. What a way to start the new year off with my very first show of the new year. Here on The Way I See It. If you're new to the show and you decided that you're going to spend your new year watching and listening to my show, good for you. Welcome aboard. And I want to thank those who have subscribed because I was at 56 at the beginning of December. And I put a, a call out. I said, look, I says, I'm looking to get 60 by the end of the year. And I got 66. 66? I got 66. I went six over my expectations. And I thank you for that. I really do. All right. I thank nope. you for it. Unacceptable and humiliating. You know what I didn't hear anywhere in there was a uh, free DVD. So 
Someone cares a little bit more about their viewers than we do, than, than he does. <laughs> That's very true. We spend almost, uh, part of almost every episode these days, demonstrating how horrible this guy's whole deal is. Not just his show, his entire, uh, the, everything he has or hasn't going for himself. Yeah. And more folks have opted into supporting him. We're in a state-of-the-art facility. I don't know if you noticed, Chris, but he has laundry piled up in the corner. Mm -hmm. I will give him credit for at least shutting the closet door this time. That's about time, yeah. Yeah. We're not a couple of sad sacks either. We have a basic understanding of English grammar. Mm -hmm. And when we tell a story about something that makes, makes us angry, it doesn't become evident that we're actually the bad guys in the story. <laughs> not usually, no. Although I do have a story later on where... Uh, you'll have to decide for yourself, but <laughs> you be the ump. Yeah. Well, uh, I can't believe this is what people are throwing their weight behind. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I can't imagine 66 people. Uh, 66? Oh, oh, no, Chris. 68. Oh, 68. At press okay. time. All right. Um, let's go, let's go forward a little more on this episode. And uh, again, the most recent edition of The Way I See It with Ralph Williams. This episode didn't really give us much as far as conversation pieces go. But he did make a strange complaint, and it comes at the tail end of a rant. He's talking about the Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission supposedly overcharging motorists for tolls. Well, sure. They've been doing that for years. Well, he finds that disgraceful, and rightfully. Okay. But there's someone he finds equally disgraceful. And if you think you know who it is, you're wrong. Hmm. From people. $300,000 they took from a bunch of people. Overcharged them for their... Uh, you know, easy pass. Oh, it's a computer problem. Oh, we got that problem. Oh, 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 we got this problem too. Your problem is when your lips move, you lie. That's what your problem is. We had a lot of that last year. Okay. Okay, pause. I'm going to give you an example. Okay, he's going to give us an example. Now, right. A lot of people would say, oh, you know, liars. Oh, well, uh, the president. Trump, all these, uh, Pelosi, you know, all these people are liars, uh, according to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And they're very vocal about it. They like to get on, uh, they, they like to get on their soapbox and say, yeah, all these politicians are crooks and they're liars. And uh, let's, let's, uh, Jim, Jim's saying he's one of those people. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I thought he was indicating a technical issue. So I'm glad <laughs> that that's all that's going on. It's, it's not usually agreement. <laughs> it's, it's usually a technical issue. So I understand your mistake there, Chris. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you, you would think it's someone along that line, correct? Right. Maybe even Putin or Zelensky, okay. somebody like that. Somebody on the world stage. All right. Uh, let's find out who we're, who we're talking about here. Example in the music industry, in the music business, music Darius industry. Rucker. You know who he is? The lead singer of <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish. I only want to be with you. Yeah. Okay. Good rendition. Pause. And you know the other song. You want something to drink? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continue. About a year ago, he said, Hootie lives forever. I'll never go back to country music. I'm staying with Hootie. Hootie and the Blowfish. Well, guess what? He lied. He's back in country again. <laughs> and I and he he lied last year because I saw him on the New Year's Eve thing last year. And he was under oath. And this year as well. And I call him the liar because he lied. I know what you're saying. Oh, people are allowed to change their mind, you know. Yeah, they are. 
Okay. I had originally planned to do something, but that doesn't make me a liar. I changed my mind. Oh, it's different for Ralph. With my church. I was supposed to stay on as a deacon, and I decided to step away. And I am now a part-time member of my church. Yeah. Yeah, I think we discussed last week that I do not believe that that was a voluntary decision on his part. Okay, and we yeah. don't want, we don't want to remind the folks why you believe that wasn't voluntary. Okay, I won't say it again. Okay, well, we don't want anything. We don't want any additional actionable elements to the program. All right. I, I'm still entitled to my opinion that he's. Oh a pedophile. yeah, you, you can say it's your yeah. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So I can't understand here. He kind of makes a pivot. Oh well, you can change your mind. Yeah, you can. You can. Okay, so is Darius Rucker suddenly not a liar? I don't know if he's uh, switching sides there in the middle of his own rant. Yeah, I don't know what he was going for. I don't know what point he's trying to make, but it's odd to be angry at the guy who hates to be called Hootie. Yet could have named his band anything. (laughs) So we're going to stick with the country music theme. Yeah, Chris, not happy about this one. This was tough to get through. This was an abomination. Didn't care for it. All right, well, uh, let's go to our movie of the week of the week. Is there life out there? Now, Chris, does the mere mention of the title give you shivers? Well, is there life out there? It made me think this might be some sort of sci-fi adventure that we're about <laughs> to go on. So I came into it with more optimism than was, than was warranted. So you were not familiar with the song? No, come on. Okay, well, I don't know, Chris. You have a radio. <laughs> okay, well, it aired on October 9th, 1994 on the Columbia Broadcasting System. It stars Reba McIntyre. And it's based on the eponymous song she made famous a couple years prior. It joins the ranks of feature-length motion pictures based on three-minute country songs like Big Bad John, Ode to Billy Joel, Human Centipede. Now, I mentioned this film last week. Nine to Five. Like Nine to Five. Uh, Dolly right, Parton right? from last week or um, whenever? Well, we didn't talk about Nine to Five, but yeah, there was a Dolly Parton movie Dolly we watched. You're, you are right. Right. Um, I mentioned this film, Is There Life Out There, last week. In the run of conversation, and I made a mistake. And the bull strives for accuracy. Okay. I said Reba co-stars with Huey Lewis in this. She does not. Huey did play her husband in the music video for the song. Mm. But in the made-for-TV movie, her spouse is played by Keith Carradine. Yeah. A hit maker himself. He had a big hit in the 70s with uh, I'm Easy from the film Nashville. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So uh, Reba plays a waitress. And for all we know about Keith for the first half of the movie, he draws pictures of tree houses. They're not only raising their own two kids, they're also helping raise Reba's teenage sister. Reba's mother died young. Mm-hmm. The sister has a wild side, and here she informs Reba she's just dropped out of high school weeks before graduation. So damn flippant. Do you think this is funny? I saved all my tip money so you kids could go to no. Not the college speech. I will not let you destroy your life. It's my life, Lily. Without an education, do you know where you'll be? 
nowhere. Yeah, and with an education, this is what you get. Yeah. So, uh, so three, col- have- three college degrees sitting behind these microphones. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Reba and Keith go to a follow-up doctor's appointment to keep tabs on a health concern Reba's encountered. Which has nothing to do with anything. No, the rest of the film, this doesn't come into play. Good news. You're okay. Oh, thank God. Thanks. But I want to see you again in four months. We've come a long way since your mama, Lily. We caught her too late. That's not going to happen to you. Uh, you said that the one that you took out in February. <clears throat> Benign. And that I had nothing to worry about, but... All this time in between checkups. We have to watch you carefully. Dr. Reston, Corley and Bale, have they inherited the same gene as Mama and Grandma? Not necessarily. But what if they have? Lily, in this case, it's appropriate to be vigilant, to monitor them. Be sure they're educated about breast cancer. That's half the battle. All of us have to live each day to its fullest. Yeah, education is half the battle. Live each day to its fullest. I don't do Mondays. Farrah Fawcett in a red swimsuit. So then Reba gets up and we see the doctor was just reading from and describing the posters on the wall behind her. Mm. Also, I think uh, that scene does have a purpose now that I think about it. It's, uh, it affirms that life is fleeting and you have to make the most of it. And that's what Reba soon attempts to do. Yeah. Also, you notice how she's the only one in this geographic area that this is set in who has that twangy accent <laughs> everyone else speaks like a normal human being <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, okay. well, she sounds okay. like she's speaking through a banjo <laughs> right. well good night the southern part of the country <laughs> <clears throat> so uh that high school dropout sister of reba's she splits to live with her boyfriend 200 miles away from the homestead yeah now it's late at night and keith is out in the barn reba comes in with coffee and concerns Oh, can we pause it for, for a second? I, I just want to point out that uh, me and my friends built a very elaborate tree fort when I was about 11 or 12. You know how uh, many architectural drawings that took, Steve? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> just, just want to make that clear. Thanks, huh? Malcolm's Treehouse? Yeah. I can't sleep. Can't read. Still worrying about Belle? She has to find her own way, Lily. I wanted her to go on to college. I saved all my tip money. Bell never struck me as the intellectual type. I still cherish my one year at the college. The books, lectures, everybody studying so hard. That was your dream, Lily. It was never Annabelle's. I know. It's still a part of me. Always has been. Brad, everything's changing. Kids are growing up. Bell's gone. I guess I always thought they would live my dreams for me. There isn't any reason why I can't go back to college now, is there? 
I mean, if a person hungers for an education, it doesn't matter how old they are. You've talked about this for a long time. There is nothing you can't do, Lily. Is there life out there? Oh, there it is. And that's the way I see it. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, it did just occur to me that I believe the song 9 to 5 was written for the motion picture. Okay. So that was kind of the other way. O- okay. Now, uh, when you got to this part, when you were watching this, I, I got a text from you, Chris. Do you mind us sharing this? Sure. Okay, let's, uh, let's see the text. And Chris, if you don't mind narrating for the folks. Uh, I'm 20 minutes in. Are you telling me this movie is going to be about a middle-aged woman going to school? She better be doing it Billy Madison style or I'm bailing on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe I had sent you a previous text also about the, the beginning of the movie was uh, just a montage. Like the opening credits were that song that you had talked about over like a montage. It was really weird. Yeah, I skipped past the montage because um, I knew we couldn't use the music. Right. Well, yeah, it was just the way it was shot and put together. It looked more like a music video. Maybe that was the intention. I don't know. But it's a weird way to start a, to start a movie. Hmm. Well, suddenly, it's Reba's first day of college. So they have that discussion, and suddenly she's a college student. Yeah. <clears throat> Keith gives Reba a note from would, their daughter. Would you want to see her take her SATs? Well, I thought there'd be some sort of, uh, you know, uh, admissions process. Yeah. Yeah, those, might have acknowledged. Those are exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe calendar, you know, a calendar uh, scene where the pages are being torn off the, the Well, that would have been the, the place for a montage, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and you can see her you're scribbling furiously, mailing things in. And, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, uh, he- here we go. That's Kensel's old truck, by the way. <laughs> it's the same one. <laughs> They're all so young. That means nothing to anybody. But, uh, a friend of ours had that truck. You got your schedule? Yeah. Map? Yeah. Instructions? Instructions? What instructions? Corley's. No matter what, do not raise your hand in class more than once. People hate it. I'll <laughs> keep it. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, that's definitely true of what they may still call returning students. Mm -hmm. Older folks who had a midlife crisis or they got a job that offered to pay for college credits, they would always participate the most. Did you notice this when you were young? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, they'd sit up front. They'd ask a lot of questions because they thought it mattered. Well, they also felt that they had life experience that they could share with the young people in the class. The young people in the class didn't care. <laughs> right. They don't care about your life experience at all. Because a lot of times the class, that, that class you're required to take might be irrelevant to the course you're pursuing. Yeah. Um, in my case, you know, I went, to, I went to, I was a broadcasting major. I knew I had the talent. I was just there to get certified. But the older students, professor, <laughs> professor, professor, it's a 20-year-old grad student <laughs> trying to shave you know, 2% off her student loan. Yeah. There's your professor. But uh, professor, <laughs> uh, when McLuhan said the medium is the message, could he have also meant that the message is the medium? And I just want to yell, she doesn't know <laughs> or care. And you know who else doesn't know or care? Man cow. 
Stern, <laughs> Opie and Anthony. That's a, they're, they're killing it in this business. Why are you even here? And that's a question Reba is asked from an assistant to the instructor of what, quite frankly, Chris, appears to be her only class. Yeah. His name is Joshua, and they meet at the college library. Practice. Sometimes think that never blows so red the rose as where some buried Caesar bled. Ruby, I, it's not on the reading list. Oh, I know. I, I used to love it. I took it out for my daughter. Daughter? I thought she might like it. What brought you here, Mrs. Marshall? Oh, a girlhood dream. Of? Oh, bankrupting my family for a 50-cent raise at Stuckey's? <laughs> so Reba is soon invited to a college tea so social. Remember those, Chris? Oh, yeah, I got invited to them all, every week. <laughs> and uh, she asks Keith to come along. And he does something that really irritates me. He's not best pleased about having to wear a suit. Yeah. And you know there are people like this. They'll, uh, and I hate these guys who complain about having to dress like a real person who matters. It shows ignorance, a lack of ambition, and smacks of sour grapes. They'll say a tie makes them uncomfortable, but what they really mean is that deep down, they know they can't live up to the professionalism suggested by business attire. Jim is also waving his hand uh, frantically now yeah. to say he agrees with that. I can, I can cop to not owning a tie at this point in my life, so that's where I stand on all that. <laughs> all right, but in reality, if you're ever going to be somebody in life, Chris, at some point you'll have to wear a suit, and you have. Sure. I used to wear one to work every day. And you had no problem with it. It's just something you had to do. It's not worth complaining about. And we did see, prior to this scene, we saw the husband complaining about um, she had to go to the library to study. And his, the whole family was complaining about how this ruined their dinner and movie night out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're off, they'd offered her zero support. I mean, she's weeks into doing this college thing, and, and they're already complaining because she's, she has to go to the library. Yeah. Well, Keith does put the suit on and heads with Reba to the tea social, and Reba's professor appears. I've been changed. I just, for some reason, I've been there. Excuse me. I've been there before. Maybe after the party. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't eat too much. Look like you're having a good time. Oh, I'm having this a good time. Mrs. Marshall, I'm so pleased you could come. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Professor Cook, I'd like for you to meet my husband, Brad. A pleasure to meet you, sir. You must be very proud of your wife. Well, Joshua here tells me that you've been putting in a lot of extra study time. I think I finally understand the similarities between Jean Reese and Colette. Nice work, Lily. Thank you. Oh, I see my wife needs me. Would you excuse me? Sorry. It's nice to see you again. I hope things are going better for you. Oh, thank you. Joshua, I'd like for you to meet my husband, Brad. It's nice to meet you. With some extra studying, and if your grades pay off, She'll be in the honors program for literature next semester. Do you think so? I can just about guarantee it. What was your major? I didn't go to college. I'm a carpenter. Brad's building the bookstore down at the mall. Really? How's it going? Slowly. See, you know, that's a passive-aggressive uh, remark because he's, he's having to pick up his share of the household chores while she goes to school and works her waitress job. So he's being, he's being very passive-aggressive there by saying he's not able to devote the time he should be devoting to his own job. Right. And because um, he, has to do with, he has to iron his own shirts. 
<laughs> and, and wash his own underwear. But at the beginning, at the outset, he was really supportive uh, in well, uh, as far as the words he used. He, he claimed to be, but then yeah. we the reality is he's not supportive at all. Yeah, because it's interfering with family time, as you mentioned, their weekly Friday night trip to the cinema. Yeah. And uh, Friday is the night she meets with uh, Joshua, the guy you just saw, and the guy she met in the library, to uh, receive tutoring. Mm-hmm. Keith is also suspicious of Joshua. Yeah. So after the family returns from an outing, they find Reba and Joshua discussing poetry in the den. Keith dismisses Joshua and expresses his displeasure to Reba. He was doing me a favor, Brad. Look, if you want to go out studying every damn night of the week, that's fine. But don't bring him back here. This house is off limits. He was helping me. Helping you? <laughs> Lily, don't be naive. He's... What? He's coming on to you. I'm an older woman. He's just a kid. Listen to me. He thinks I have something to offer. I'm finally getting an education. What do you want me to do? Slide through it? Slump in my seat like all the other students? I care. Is that so wrong? Is it? You're my wife. I don't like coming home to find... You haven't. You're not hearing me. If I had to choose, it would be you and the kids. You know that. But I have this chance to... Remember when I asked you, is there life out there? Hmm. Well, I don't have to ask anymore because I know there is and I'm a part of it. Fine. But this house is off limits to that guy. Yeah. Steve, where do we stand with the Genesee Beer sponsorship? I think we're in good standing. Okay. So are, are you are you expressing concerns? Uh, this week we have here, um, it is Honey Brown. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you don't care? They, they wouldn't be bothered if you didn't, right. if you gave it a bad review. Yeah, I, will, like it? I will say it tastes a lot like honey. And it's, just I guess, just now occurring to me that I don't really care for honey all that much. Oh, so okay. I, I guess I don't know what I was expecting. Well, I they've guess. supplied us with especially black can cream ale. Yeah, or black but label, or black label beer. Yeah, yeah. So there's plenty of that. Yeah, if you'd like to switch it up, I'm I'm sure they wouldn't mind, Chris. All right. So um, yeah, Keith makes the smart move of pushing Reba's study sessions elsewhere. So her next meeting with Joshua is at his apartment. Yeah, and much better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> much better arrangement. And of course. This wouldn't be a made-for-TV movie of the 70s, 80s, or 90s without what we're about to see. I like what you're wearing. Thanks. I like everything about you. Hey, wait, Josh. No, it's, it's okay. It's just that I, I've never met anybody like you before. Have you lost your mind? No. Cut it out. Damn it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! There's nothing to be afraid of. I'm not going to tell your husband. Is that what you're afraid of? Nobody will know. I swear to God, if you don't get off of me.
You know, I don't remember that verse of the song. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is I, I could believe a guy for thinking that she had interest in him coming over to his apartment like that and everything, but he just turns into a flat out. She clearly expressed that she does not have any sexual interest in him, in him and he just turns into a rapist like that. Well, it's a TV movie. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to save my comments on all this until we do the reviews at the end. Okay. Th- this all kind of ties together as to why that character acted like that. and I'm, I'm, I'll comment on all this at the end of, the, of it. Okay, well, let's now hear what happens when Reaver returns home, and it takes her a while, but later that night, she finds the courage to tell Keith what happened at Joshua's apartment. That, uh, pause it. Uh, you think that's a good move? Do you think this is something you should keep to yourself? Where would you stand on that? Well, I don't know. You might want to tell law enforcement. Yeah. Would they? Would even they, if they don't, even if they don't have enough evidence to prosecute, there will at least be a paper trail for when he actually does this. They'll say, "Oh yeah, we know about this guy." Mm, that's a good point, I guess. Yeah. All right. He made a pass at me. Well, more than a pass. He tried to. He wouldn't get off of me. I feel so violated. Are we talking about? Yes. Wait, did he rape? Almost. Son of a. How could I have been so stupid? No, Brad, wait! Brad! I'll break every bone in his body! No! It's over, Brad! Punching him out won't make a difference! What the hell were you thinking about, anyway? What? You're a grown woman, Lily. Yeah, I'll write a woman, not a mind reader. It's all my fault now? Is that it? Have I got the rules down? No. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, now, Chris, did he not try to warn her? The husband? Yes. Yeah. I guess. I don't, I don't, well, isn't he the one that told her not to bring him around the house? Uh, not to bring him around the house, but that he was after her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I t- t- the number of times I've had a conversation like this with a woman, well, no, 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 he's just a friend, he's just a friend, and then I find out two weeks later, yeah, he hit on me. Of course, <laughs> he, I tried to tell you he was going to do that. Well, she's not a mind reader, Every Chris. girlfriend I've had since I've been divorced, same story. <laughs> Oh, man. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, Reba, Reba has her final exam in, again, what appears to be her only class. And it's an oral exam, and it's in front of her peers. Now, Joshua is helping conduct the questioning. Oh, Sa- Sam Kinison? Sorry? Is Sam Kinison in this scene? No, no, no. Oh. Sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let, let's take a look. And um, Dashiell Hammett, he also used his own life. I mean, he had been a detective for eight years, and he wrote about, I mean, he, he started writing detective fiction. Uh, he was kind of the originator of the hardball style. You've given examples of authors whose very professions led them into their careers. Are you saying that all detective writers must have done police work? No, I, I uh, no, Agatha Christie. Wrong. She wanted to be a singer, remember? And she even studied in Paris. Uh, she wasn't any good at it, so uh, she wrote to escape her reality. Pause. Chris? Yeah. So, Agatha Christie, one of my favorite authors. I happen to know a little bit about her background. Um, she never aspired to be a professional singer. She worked as a nurse during World War I, where she was stationed in a pharmacy. She learned about poisons 
Her sister challenged her to write a mystery novel, and because she knew a lot about poisoning, she incorporated that, her expertise, into her writing. It's the exact opposite of the point she's trying to make. So the there exact was an, opposite. There was an actual answer to that question, an accurate answer to that question, and, and they went with she was a, she, she just went to open mics or something. Well, the, the, the correct answer would have contradicted the point she's trying to make. Oh, okay, it would I have see. made the opposite point. <clears throat> I, see. I, don't know what, I don't know who researched this, but they're wrong. <laughs> Man. That's fantastic, but you know that, Chris. <clears throat> I think we should go into the Greeks. All right. All right. Uh, Mrs. Marshall, you're obviously very familiar with popular fiction. I assume you took the time to read up on Sophocles. One more second. Aeschylus and Euripides. A little. Good. Chris? Uh, yeah, I know a little about Euripides, too. Um, he actually used to be a tailor as well. And uh, he got his name because he would always say, Euripides pants, you pay for these pants. <laughs> you all right, man? Yeah, yeah. That was a joke one of my high school teachers made back in the day. <laughs> So in this exam, Reba, she succeeds fantastically. She then goes outside to be congratulated by Keith. Yeah. But someone catches Keith's eye. Brad. Brad. Hey, look, I, I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're not so tough now, are you? Brad, don't. Uh, listen to me. No, you listen. You even so much as look at my wife. You're going to have to deal with me. Brad, he... I'm trying to... You got it? Lily! Mrs. Marshall. You were the best student I ever had. Is that an apology? Well, I don't buy it. You messed with the wrong woman, Joshua. You say you want to be a teacher? Well, then teach those kids that no means no. Teach them the meaning of self-respect. He's an English teacher. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be bizarre. I'm putting the word <laughs> out uh... on you and your study dates, buddy. It'd be bizarre to start incorporating uh, <laughs> rape counseling into your English classes, I think. But uh... Now, so, Chris, did that scene remind you of something? Well, yesterday... And, and we're just about at the end of this. This is like one of the last scenes. Yeah, this is the last scene we're going to watch. Yeah, so I'm going to digress a bit and tell a story about something that happened to me yesterday because that scene kind of tied in. So I'm going to the uh, supermarket, right, in my car. And <clears throat> Steve, do you remember when we were kids, parking lots used to just be a flat sheet of asphalt? Yeah, sure. Now, the way they're designed now, there's curbing with trees and you have to, you, they're, they're trying to direct traffic through this whole thing. Yeah, all kinds of islands with uh, shrubbery and. Uh, yeah. Younger people don't know. They, these things used to just be a blank sheet of asphalt. But anyway, so I'm driving around trying to get to the supermarket. It's in the back of the shopping center. I'm behind some guy who's going like 10 miles an hour, which, fine, he's in a parking lot, right? But he's, he, the way it directs you is to go all the way around the perimeter of the parking lot. 
Um, in between the supermarket and where I am, behind this guy, there was like a Best Buy or something that had closed. You know, it was already closed for the day. So that part is completely empty. So I, I pull off from behind this guy and cut diagonally across this empty parking lot. And, you know, I sped up a little bit. Um, but there was no one around me. I pull up right in front of the supermarket. I get out. I start walking in. This guy who was in front of me, uh, he pulls up behind me. I didn't know this, but he pulls up behind me. And from behind me, I hear this, slow down, douchebag. <laughs> so without even thinking, this is me. Like, he's, he's where you are, right, behind me? Yeah. I'm walking into the store. I turn around. I go, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now I bring this up because that was very stupid of me. <laughs> As for all I know, he could have been six foot eight and a weightlifter and stopped the car and gotten out. Fortunately, he wasn't. He drove off. So my, my bluffing of bravado uh, worked. Nice. But, um, and I'm glad because he had no reason to call me a douchebag. I, I was behind him. I in no way affected his day in any way. Or anyone else's. It was an empty, completely empty parking lot. I sped up a little bit, but it, um, well, I may have been doing 25 in an empty parking lot. Like, who is that hurting? And he said he was doing about 10. So maybe right. he's one of these people who does that just to pretend, pretend he's setting an example for everyone else. And when they don't follow suit, they're somehow a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's likely he had some kind of anger issues. Who goes around yelling douchebag at people? <laughs> And I'm glad that I said something to him because I'm the, something. If there's, if there's other people who don't say anything, then he thinks it's that. So you know, maybe if somebody enough people tell him to go fuck himself, then he'll stop doing it. <laughs> I don't know, but I didn't know what my if he had if he'd been like a really big guy and he'd stopped this car and gotten out. I guess it would have just ran away. What am I gonna do? <laughs> you know. But here's the thing: it reminded me of this scene because no matter what, I'm probably always gonna spin around and yell at some dude like that because I don't want to be this guy. But but. When the husband came up to him, but I'm sorry, I'm trying to apologize. You were the best student I ever had. And she says, I don't buy that. She may as well yeah. say, that's not true. I'm a moron. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'd rather get my ass kicked than be the guy in that scene. I right. This is the point of that right. story. You took a stand. Yeah. Reba did so well on that exam, Chris. She graduates college. Well, yeah, when you make stuff up about Agatha Christie and the <laughs> professor doesn't call you on it, sure. And then everybody just goes home. So um, before we rate it and discuss your theory on the motion picture, uh, shall we do our YouTube comment of the week? Oh, please. Is it Frida? It is Frida. Yeah. She had a gem. Okay. The, the uh, highlighted part, Chris? Uh, can you read it? They really need to make more movies like this because... People are getting tired of movies with lots of violence and cussing, etc. Are they? <laughs> I don't. I don't think evidence backs that fact up at all, Steve. <laughs> most uh, aren't most movies made now about superheroes punching people. <laughs> I, I don't. <coughs> yeah, that's the majority. Yeah. So, do you want to give your theory while you rate it, or do you want to? Yeah, I'll, I'll get into it. So here's the thing: like, it makes. It makes very little sense how the husband is initially supportive and then not just him, but also the daughter mm -hmm. who runs away from home because she's upset that her mom's not around anymore because she's going to college. Um, they, they go from supportive to non-supportive seemingly for no reason. Then you have this guy try to rape her seemingly for no reason. 
And it's all because there is zero plot to this movie whatsoever. Well, so you it's have, a very short song, Chris. You have, yeah. So you have zero character. The character development is basically non-existent because the characters are just there to do whatever motive will move some kind of plot along and make a story out of what isn't a story. It's just some middle-aged woman going back to school. There is no plot here at all. And then there's no characterization. And the whole thing about this is, it's I'm going to do something I've never done before, and I'm going to give this zero stars. Zero Meredith Baxter's. Zero Meredith Baxter's. Because the whole thing is designed to appeal to a very specific demographic, which is middle-aged women who can fantasize that they can go back to school. You know, they probably started a family early. They never got the chance to go to college. They're thinking that they can do what Reba's doing. And not only will everyone be amazed by their intellect, but also the young men will they'll have to fight off young men <laughs> who want to sleep with them. It, it's it's it, it, This whole thing is appealing to such a small, sad, pathetic group of people that I can't recommend anyone watch this unless you're in that group, in which case I do something else with your time. Improve your life somehow because I don't know. But zero stars for me. Zero, zero stars from Chris. This is unprecedented. Uh, I was going to give it one Meredith Baxter. Again, Meredith Baxter. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Um, I would have rated it higher, but it fails to be Love Actually, which is a movie I haven't yet seen, but I have it so built up in my mind until I do, no film can possibly compare. I, I, I don't know why you're doing this to yourself. Have you seen it? No. But, I mean, if it's good, I feel like we both would have probably seen it. But I don't know. All right. Well, in that case, anything you'd like to talk about we haven't talked about? Mm, sorry. No, I'm good. Okay, in that case... I, I, I got to go to the bar and drum up more subscribers because <laughs> apparently that's the only way we get them. <laughs> oh, not Ralph Williams. He put out a call. <laughs> 68 subscribers to our 61. Can we hire him as a consultant? <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys need is... Uh, look... Uh, Look, I've only been doing this 30 years. Look, you need a pile of laundry <laughs> and a half-open closet. Now, do you guys walk around town or do you use some sort of motorized device? Because <laughs> maybe that's the problem. <laughs> are you guys satisfied with the service you receive <laughs> in restaurants? Or are you continuously, continually dissatisfied <laughs> over very little? Yeah. All right. In that case, Chris, I think we did it. We'll see you next time. I'm Steve Rees for Chris Morgani, Jim Corhan, Oscar Wiebe. Oscar Wiebe. Welcome back now. Tigers. Eat them raw. We did it. Yeah. Uh...